If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Well, I'm going to try to do it real quick since I got three for three on the Zuck for trying to show the Haley uh, Contender Series fight. I'm going to post on our Instagram real quick that we are live, and then my attention is all yours. In the meantime, I can talk and not look at you at the same time, even though we've been talking for a minute now. Those of you that are tuned in uh, to the live show, I thank you for that. You're going to see a very handsome face to my right, and that is none other than James from Strictly MMA, who you guys at this point in time most assuredly know because we've been doing things together for years now. Uh, so James so graciously stepped in and said, I want to be on the show. And here he is uh, live in the flesh. So thank you, sir. Thanks for stepping up. And on a big card, nonetheless, I'm so happy you're here. Dude, I'm happy to be here. Pumped up, living in beautiful San Diego. Just got back from UFC San Diego in the flesh. So feeling good, right? To talk it up with Dale Whippin. <laughs> my best friend on the internet, baby. We're ready to go. We're ready to rock. I know, I'm right? I know it. I know it. So UFC San Diego obviously was a killer event, right? I mean, absolutely smacked that thing. Yeah. Um, you had a great time. And, you know, one of the one of the messages I got, because we had a couple people um, that actually went to the event that listened to the show, what everybody wanted to say, or everybody wanted to know, did the Landweir versus Onama fight translate to how crazy it was live? And I think that it did, but I want to hear your firsthand account on that fight. How did that shake out? Dude, it was absolutely wild. Like, it was one of those moments it was like, could Nate be intelligent here and finish the fight, or could he create himself as a forever fan favorite fighter? The arena right. was was nuts. Like, absolutely nuts. I don't think any words I can say right now will kind of put it <laughs> into perspective like right. unless you were there it really was like i don't know i don't know what the broadcast was like i don't know what it was like on tv but everybody was on their feet everybody yeah. was on their feet there everyone was going nuts the place was exploding it, it, it was amazing watching it um i loved the idea i mean so often somebody will get rocked and people will be like oh you got to back you know back up don't don't chase them to the ground uh landwehr was all about that or landwehr rather was all about that life you know i i regret Two things about that fight. One, I discounted the dog that is in Nate Landwehr. And then two, I forgot that David Onama is a James Krause fighter. And Krause people have terrible cardio. And I should have known that if it went past a round and a half with a dog like Nate Landwehr, um, things were going to get a little weird. And they did exactly that. Now, that being said, he did get his shit stung at the very end of the fight, yeah. which was almost like Pat Berry check Congo, man. I was, I was... I don't know, man. I was I was over the moon about it. I was excited. Um, I'm glad you were there to see it live, man. Dude, it was – the way I predicted the fight, I thought Onama was going to get it done in the first round. Yeah. And it was looking like that. You know, right. he rocked Nate. Yeah. And then he kind of just blew his load, for lack of better words, yep. and was super slow in the second round. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I was like, Nate's, Nate's going to start putting it on him. But, and then he got cracked in the third round. There were some people that scored it for Onama. I, I personally didn't. No, I, I didn't. I thought I didn't. they won two one. I think the people that go Onama are ones that consider knockdowns automatic ten nines. Um, if you're an automatic ten nine for a knockdown guy, I would see that, but <clears throat> I am not. So, because uh, I mean, exactly like that, you can get you can get your shit stung at the very end of the 
round after losing the entire thing and then, you know, potentially lose a fight? No, no. See, this is a topic for another time because we could bear on it forever, but there's some judges that do look at that, like, and they score mm. fights like that. That's a problem. Like, I think the scoring criteria might say that, depending on where you're at, that it might have to be in, in consideration. So um, definitely something to look at. All right. So before we get too far into it, uh, this show, like all shows, are brought to us by Stay Classy Meats. Guys, if you go to stayclassymeats.com, use promo code FIST, you can save uh, 15% or no, sorry, 10% off site wide. Uh, I just got off the phone with Scott with Stay Classy. What's t- today's Tuesday, Sunday? Scott and I spoke. Uh, we're going to do a giveaway, and uh, the details on said giveaway are yet to come, but it will be amongst our biggest one yet. So I know some of you have recently taken advantage of the promo with Stay Classy. Um, I stand by their product. Uh, you know me full well. I- I'm not a man that it skips when it comes to the food arena of life, and um, this is the best stuff on the planet Earth. So. Please check them out. Supporting them supports the show. Uh, and then last but not least, want to thank our guys over at Allegiance Clothing. Go to allegianceclothing.com and use promo code PUNCH, and you can save 15% off site-wide. Uh, Jake is not here tonight, um, and you know the tickers will be a little bit slower. You'll see some some shorthand on some of them, and that just is what it is. Uh, I, I realize that the live attendance will be down a little bit, uh, this week as opposed to in other weeks, because I ended last week's show by saying probably not going to do live shows anymore. So uh, lo and behold, here we are doing a live show, but the, the live shows will carry on for pay-per-views. And when we have guests, when I have a guest lined up, we will do it live, obviously. So you guys can interact with the fighters or the announcers or whoever it is that I get to come on. And then pay-per-views will do it like this or big cards in general. Um, we'll, we'll do it like this. So obviously UFC 278, with a big title fight, wanted to do it live. Probably could have said that a little bit better last week, so everybody knew this was going to happen this week. Um, But still getting used to being a one-man band. So, anyway. Buddy, you ready to get into this? Dude, let's fucking do it. I'm charged up. Charged up, ready to rock and roll. First fight on the main card is none other uh, than the pay-per-view machine himself, old Harry Hunsucker. And Hunsucker... Oh, man. Harry Hunsucker (laughs) is taken on... Uh, let me see here. My man's taking on uh, Tyson Pedro. Pedro is at eight and three. Hunsucker at seven and five. Um, let me go ahead and find that line for you. Hunsucker's coming at a plus five forty. Tyson Pedro at a minus seven forty. I don't even really know what to do with this other than say Tyson Pedro is a very safe parlay anchor. Um, I would, I would venture a guess to say that he gets it done and he gets it done inside the distance. A lot of that's recency bias off of his last win, which was very dominant. But Harry Hunsucker's real bad. He's real bad. Um, not sure how he's on the roster still, um, other than making highlight reels for other guys. Um, so, yeah, I think that's probably where he resides in uh, the lore of the UFC as being on the opposite end of a bunch of highlights. So, Tyson Pedro inside the distance is a safe parlay piece for me. James, how do you see this fight shaking out? I'm going to echo everything you're saying. I got this ending under one and a half. You know, I was looking through the whole card. A lot of these fights look like they could go to the distance. This is mm-hmm. one that I'm fairly certain. I don't think it will make it into the second round. Yeah. Um, Hunsucker is down a 2-5, so he lost some weight. Yep. Down a light heavyweight now. But, I mean, if you look at his recent fights, his past two losses, he's been knocked out in mm-hmm. the first round. Yep. Uh, Ty Toy Basa, Justin Taffa, guaranteed those people hit really hard. Tyson Pedro, 
also hits really hard. I just don't I don't see this going well for Hunsucker. I love the name. I love Henry Hunsucker. It's a great name. He's fun. I think it's going to be more fun for Tyson. I got this under one and a half, man. Tyson All right, so, definitely. So here's where I potentially piss some people off. Justin Toffa, Ty Tuivasa, Tyson Pedro. Yes. They're all from the same part of the, the world. And this is where my Oceana people are going to be pissed at me because I always get the, I always get the stuff mixed up. Is what is, is that? Is that Maori? No, that's Hawaiian. Asking the wrong guy. That's I'm going to fuck this up just as bad. Yeah, I don't know. Is it? Is it Maori? Is it? It's not. Is it Polynesian? If you type what in, is it? Okay, I'll type in Tyson Pedro, and it should tell me on his wiki page. It says, "Oh no, it just says Australian mixed martial arts." Yeah. Sydney, Australia. That right. that helps. We'll go with Australian. I mean, that's probably. But anyway, my point being is that if you are if you are from the Oceana area and have a little bit more melanin in your skin than I do, chances are you're going to beat up Harry Hunsucker. It's basically, <laughs> it's basically what, what what this amounts to. So yeah, Tim's in the Oceana area. For lack of a better way to put this, what what it there's no there's no right way to say this. What's the, what's the blend there? What's the origin story uh, for those gentlemen? I, I don't know what the name is. It's it, it's not Aboriginal, right? I, I don't. I, gosh, I really don't know what it is. I feel stupid um, for not knowing. I should. No, I'm in the same boat. I'm just as on. Actually, like you just educated me on a couple things because I didn't even know those yeah. things. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Tim says I could beat up Hunt Sucker. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Anyway, my point remains the same. Tyson Pedro inside the distance. To give you guys an example, if you don't have lines in front of you, why this is such a, a parlay anchor. Tyson Pedro wins inside the distance. Um, is it a minus 455? Tyson Pedro by KO is at minus 215. Um, you could get a little spicy if you think Tyson Pedro can get a submission. Um, I mean, if if that's if that's your speed, let me see if I can find a line for you on that. I don't even know if I can get a Pedro by submission. I can't. Plus, he does three. have five sub wins. Not to interrupt you. No, you're good. Polynesian uh, is is close uh, to correct for Tyson. Says Tim. So thank you, Tim. Um, put that up there for those of you that can't see that. So anyway, um, yeah, I I think I mean. Five submission wins. Fuck it. Why not? What if he batters? What if he batters Hunsucker? Hunsucker falls down. He hops on the back, chokes him out. It's definitely possible. It's definitely okay. not out of the question. He obviously, I mean, he's eight and three. Five of those are by submission. I mean, okay. he definitely goes for him. I just feel like he's going to love his hands after beating up Ikeville in the wave the last time. I think he's going to love his hands punching Hunsucker in the face. I too. know, right? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Oh, my gosh. Is there, is there, is there any, no, this is so stupid. This is what this is what gets people mad at you in the comments. I, I was just going to say, is there any fighter in the UFC, Harry Hunsucker included, that you think you could you could go a full round with? Not beat up, but just a full round, like like a legitimate. Now, headgear, okay, heavy heavy gloves. Uh, honestly, like I think Hunsucker is one of the last people I'm picking just because of the size difference. I walk around 162. This uh, dude's sitting around 160. Yeah, you're I'm fucking, a lean, a mean dog. You're fucking big 160, dude. Dude, I, well, I got a story for you real quick. I yeah. I took two weeks off from the gym and mm -hmm. from my diet. I had family and friends visiting. 
mm-hmm. older Patty the Batty. Yeah. Stepped on the scale yesterday. 176. 176. Okay. I like it. I, I was like just it. Eating yeah. And drinking. Nonstop. It's all right though. Dude, a fighter I could go, I could go around with. Like one round. Darren Elkins. Dude, I thought just say something. Dude, say Rose Nama Yunus. Oh, I can pick women? You can pick anybody. Oh, I thought you meant like just men. No, any fighter. Um, probably, one uh, full round though. It's got and, it, and they're going hard. Um, <laughs> Luis, Luisa, uh, how the fuck do you say her last name? She's on this card. Oh, Pudalova. Pudalova. I oh, could go around a, with her. That's a that's a bad bitch. She's gonna teep you right right. No, I could go five minutes, bro. She teeps you in your belt line. You're you're pissing blood for the next nah, week. Oh, I'm eating that. I train core every day. <laughs> I'm out you, there with the medicine ball, bro. You could have picked and twist. You could have picked other people than Luciana Pudalova. Who would you pick? Oh man, I mean, for starters, um, I don't. Who's um, who, dude? So here's the thing: is I don't want anybody that can kick me. So I need somebody <laughs> with like bad hands. Uh, give me Cachoeira. Okay. I want I want Cachoeira or, you know what? We're, we have full size headgear on. Yeah. I feel confident. Oh, man, it's only one round. One five-minute round or one three-minute round? Oh, gosh, we're getting in the leads here. A five-minute round with headgear and big gloves. Oh, gosh, I'm getting beat up by just about everybody. (laughs) MMA is so different, man. It's so different. You think think somebody could sub me wearing big gloves? Probably. You train before you have, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Oh, gosh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't feel – well, Mike Jackson. Mike Jackson. He I feel, sucks. I feel good about Mike Jackson. I feel good about Mike Jackson. <laughs> I changed my answer to Mike yeah. Jackson. <laughs> I feel good about Mike Jackson. Um, yeah, give me Mike Jackson. That's who I want. All right. Anyway. Um, sucks. Yeah. All right. Speaking of two dudes that would never be on that list, Marcin Tybura at 22 and 7, taking on Alexander Romanov at 16 and 0. Romanov putting the undefeated record on the line. Two big Russian bad boys here, man. Um, I'm excited for this fight. I really am. Romanov at a minus 460. Tybura at a plus 370. The line is pretty much steamed to the point where you can't play it unless you're on Romanov by specific finish or just the Tybura side, uh, which I don't necessarily know that I would I would be on. Uh, I went first last time. How do you see this fight shaking out? I'm on Romanov. I do think he's going to get the job done. I do think Tybura is a bit disrespected here by the line i think Mm -hmm. he's a much better fighter than people are giving him credit to um i think he has pretty solid striking i think his head kicks are great i think he moves pretty well on the feet the only problem is i don't know if he'll be able to stop the wrestling of romanoff i think he might find himself in some trouble there also in the clinch as well i kind of see this going decision i like the over two and a half two and a half here um but with romanoff at a what was a a minus 470 yeah i mean you're you're better at at placing bets than I am. How do you add any kind of value to that? So I, I think one of the things you have to consider is that Romanov's tank can be a little suspect. Um, his primary means of finish is submission. And Tybura has never lost via submission before. Um, he's, lo- he's lost via doctor stoppage. He's lost via decision. And he's been TKO'd. But we've never seen him um, in his career, seven career losses, we've never seen him lose by submission. Now, uh, I don't necessarily know that he's fought somebody of the acumen, strength, and execution level 
of Romanov. So it's something to consider. If I'm on Romanov, I'm, I mean, I guess I would just take him inside the distance and give yourself the opportunity to, you know, maybe plus it up a little bit. If, if you're on Romanov inside the distance, um, you, you can get it at a minus 110. So you're about even money on Romanov. Now, Tybora is a seasoned veteran. This will be his 30th professional fight. Again, like I said, never been sub before. Uh, last fight was a loss to Alexander Volkov via decision. Be interested to see if Romanov can execute that kind of game plan. If he has a plan, um, B, plan C, plan, you know, plan D, whatever the case may be. Um, if I'm on Romanov and I need the line more palatable, I'll play him inside the distance. Two big heavyweights swinging on each other. I think Tabura will have a superior gas tank here. If somebody says I'm going to take Tabura money line, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not mad at that. Um, I'm. I'm not. I'm not mad at it. Over on on rounds is it on for that. Is it what do you know? Is it at one and a half? We didn't put those in this time. I think it's. Oh, is that what we forgot? I'll pull it up. It's no big deal. Um, over, over, under. If if you're at one and a half, over one and a half, is it a minus one seventy five? Under one and a half, plus one thirty. Over two and a half, is it plus one twenty? Under two and a half, is it a minus one sixty three? Again, I think if you're playing the under in anything, if or if you're playing the inside the distance. I think that is that's signaling that, that that is a play for Romanov, the undefeated fighter. I don't think you play an inside the distance on the Tybora side. That doesn't make I don't that, that doesn't necessarily translate for me. Something I've just this is just like kind of a side note with Romanov too. I was watching a lot of film today. Mm -hmm. Have you realized how much weight that guy has lost and how much slimmer he is compared to when he originally came into the US? Yeah, yeah. He's he's really I I mean it's he's one of those guys where I think that the more he progresses through the rankings, I like that they're slow rolling him. Like right. they could have with, with how shallow heavyweight is, they really could have tossed him um, deeper in faster, but they really kind of slow rolled him, which I can appreciate despite even being 16 and zero and being a killer. Um, it's heavyweights. They're Russian. I'm not mad at a Tybora play here. I, I, again, I see some people in the chat that are saying it too. If you're on Tybora, I'm, I can't argue that. Um, I don't think that Romanov's faced anybody of the caliber of Tybora with the experience that Tybora has with who he's with who he's fought. It's not a, it's not the worst play. I will personally, I will be on Romanov inside the distance because I can get it at near even money. That's me personally, um, but yeah, I mean. Here, we're here to flesh it out a little bit. Uh, that's kind of where I'm leaning. What about you? I don't hate a Tybora play here either. Yeah. Like, I really don't, especially with it. I would say he has better striking than Romanov. Is that a fair statement? I think he's going to have – I think uh, – yeah. Yeah, I think the power obviously is going to be yeah. is going to be on the Romanov side, the power and the strength. Um, they're just so big. They're big guys. Like, they're really big boys. Yeah, heavyweights okay. I never trust. Like I never yeah. trust the humongous money lines. They're hum humongous people, like you always say. They're wearing four ounce gloves. It yeah. doesn't matter if you have everyone has power at that weight, mm -hmm. and anybody can just be put to sleep with one shot. Yeah. So it, 
it's so it's I, I'm also on Romanoff. I think he is the better fighter. I think he's a younger fighter. I think he's going to get this done. Mm. But I also agree with you. I do not hate a Tybora play here because he is a great fighter. He's got crazy amount of experience. He's got great striking, and he probably has better cardio. Let me look at it real quick. Tybora by decision, um, I th- is going to come back at a plus six fifty. I think that's his path to victory. Right. I think he just grinds out a big, heavy, sloppy, sweaty. You know, like honestly, I see. I can see if this fight goes to the ground, one man getting side control and literally sort of staying in side control for an entire round, and then round two can go very something very similar, and then round three could be. I mean, we could literally be looking at just a flip flop of side control right. of super sweat polar bears <laughs> for fucking fifteen minutes, man. Just huge people uh, on top of each other. Yeah, I I worry. What I worry about with Romanov is I worry about the lack of quality opposition and I worry about his cardio. Those are my concerns. Um, If he's going to submit Tybora, he will be the first person to do so. And I think that's his most likely path to victory, which is interesting because the number one thing he's going to do, he's going to try to execute something that hasn't been done before, um, which should be setting off some sort of bell going, maybe not. So maybe a Tybora play might sneak in a small sprinkle. I don't know. I don't want to overthink it. I'll talk myself in and out of the bet six times, um, which maybe I already have. I'm not sure. You got some extra money. I throw it on Tibera. Yeah, yeah a little, spr- idea. little sprinkle. All right, so let's let's get into my first actual dog play of the night. Jose Aldo taking on Marab Davishvili. Marab is at 14 and four. Jose Aldo at 31 and seven. Now, it seems a little weird, right? Um, but I. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Jose Aldo here, um, and the reason why I'm going to go Jose Aldo, and I, I, I want to give credit where credit's due, right? Um, one of the things, you know, I haven't been, I haven't been the hottest lately when it comes to plays. So you start doing the thing where you start: should I fade myself? Should I not fade myself? Do I trust my reads? Am I on the right side of the read and getting the play wrong? Like, what what am I doing here? Um, initially, I was like Marab. Marab. And then I did something that I don't normally do. I started watching tape. It's not something that I, I really enjoy doing. Even though I love watching fights, I don't like doing like the whole dissect it thing. Um, the more I started watching Jose and his body of work this last week, the more I really liked him in this play. So I reached out to some individuals that I that I know and I trust in this space, um, which again, you guys know is not something that I normally do before we record. And I was like, am I crazy for liking Jose Aldo in this fight? And it was a unanimous, no, you're not crazy. So it's not really all I kind of needed to segue into this breakdown. Jose Aldo's uh, takedown defense is fantastic. Uh, he's got three rounds. I love Jose in three-round fights. The, the style of Marab, I don't think, can deplete Jose in 15 minutes. Over 25 minutes, I'd go Marab. I think he breaks him in 25 minutes with the relentless pressure. Uh, Jose, not it. Right. Um, I think Marab's incredibly hittable. I think he gets stung. Um, I think every fight that he's in, he gets a shit rocked at least once, at least once. And while I, for the longest time, hated Marab, or I'm sorry, Jose at Bantam weight, I, he really seems comfortable within the weight. And I can't pretend that this weight is something that I need to worry about anymore. Um, the biggest fight in Marab's career, um, 
Sarah Longo MMA has been ice cold with the exception of that cat that just won uh, a contender series tonight. I think Aljo, spoiler alert, loses to TJ here in a few weeks. And I think that's predicated in part uh, the first domino to fall will be Marab on Saturday. Completely unscientific. I'm basing this solely off the hitting power of Jose Aldo, his stellar takedown defense, and the fact that Marab gets rocked at least once a fight. What you got? Dale, you're taking everything I was planning on saying out of my <laughs> mouth, and you're it's coming out of yours. Yeah. I have been on Jose Aldo since this fight got announced. Everybody on TikTok, everybody on the internet, everyone's been shitting on my life. Jose Aldo, first of all, plus money, give me that. Jose Aldo, plus money, majority of the times, hammer that. But like yeah. you said, Jose Aldo is some of the better takedown defense, the featherweight and the bandweight division. It's a three-round fight, not five. Yeah. Jose Aldo has begin to start to look really good at 135 pounds. I mean, his fight with Pedro, he looked phenomenal. And he yeah. didn't look like he was slowing down anytime soon. And like you said, Marab is super hittable. He lives and dies by the takedown. If well, he does not get it, where is he beating Jose? Nowhere. Yeah. He's not beating him anywhere, right? Like, am I crazy? I, I like Jose Aldo here. I love that people keep putting money on Marab. I like that people keep writing Jose off because, like, I could use extra money. I'm going Jose Aldo here. Uh, yeah, I, 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 so a couple things. One, obviously, Caucus Mountain Warrior. Um, Marab's, Marab's built different. The cardio is the cardio is the concern. When I look at this fight and I think about where where Marab can get it done, I think it's just relentless pr- pace and pressure. Um, if he's quite literally doing his little crazy head movement in, up, down, up, down, up, down, and then he gets Jose up against the cage. Gets underneath the legs, scoops the butt, drops him down. Jose's posting, getting back up. Marab's trying to tie the legs up, Dagestani handcuff style. Um, if if it's three rounds of that, or if the fight starts out with a round and a half like that, I think that the scrambles eventually just take its toll on Jose. Like I think if Marab wins this fight, it's not the statement win he wants it to be. It's his highest it'll be the biggest name he's ever had that he has on his record undoubtedly, but it won't be the, it won't be the benchmark win that he wants it to be. I don't think he knocks out Jose. I don't think he submits him. I think it'll be, if he wins, it'll be death by a thousand takedowns. You're looking at a Khabib, Abel Trujillo um, kind of thing where he's just going to have to like pick up Matt return, pick up Matt return. Um, You know, I, I don't know. I, good, two great points here. Uh, James Power says, uh, "Big auto fan, see the matchup advantages with the uh, ad and the lack of great top control by Marab. Yep, pace is pace. Give me Marab. I can't. I yeah, I can't argue. I, I won't argue with that. Um, and then Tim says, could be a uh, a copy of the Volk blueprint and easily beat Aldo. In my opinion, it's possible. I just don't. I don't think that Marab poses the power threat." And um, I, I, I don't think he poses the power threat that Volk now possesses. Maybe Volk didn't have it then. I don't know. One of the things that's weird. Sorry, I'm, I'm like a million different rabbit holes here. Nobody talks about how strong Volk is. Like they talk about how he used to be so big, but like nobody has like said like you know some people you hear them like man I felt like I hit him I felt like I hit a wall or felt like a wall hit me or felt like a car hit me or whatever. Volk seems to like evoke very negative responses from people 
whenever they try to take him down, whenever they get in a clinch together, whenever he's fighting for submissions or through positions. It seems like nobody really likes the strength that's coming back on them the other way. Um, and I think that's a very underrated part of his game. Is people, he's just so incredibly fucking strong. Marab has the pace. I don't know if he has the strength to make Aldo second-guess him like that. That's exactly what I was going to say. That is, I swear to God, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> like I, Volk is so much bigger and stronger than Marab. Like, yeah. yeah, Marab probably has a better pace than Volk. Like, just the way he stays in your face the whole time, it is kind of Habib-like. But the, the the size difference between Volkanowski and Jose Aldo, I know Jose Aldo was at 45 for majority of his career. Yeah. But, I mean, if you look at some of the guys at 45 now, like, I can't even picture Jose fighting them now that he's been down at 35. Right. Like he looks like he fits at 35. Yeah. But I get it, the pace of Rob. I get it if he stays in his face the whole time. I just can't – I can't picture a world – of Jose Aldo just being sat in his back for 15 minutes straight. Like you, like you said, it would probably be take down, get up, take down. Get right. Up. That That's the only way I could see it going down. That's the only way I see him beating Jose. Yeah. Um, so props to pay attention to, to kind of lead the, 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 the breadcrumbs on how Vegas thinks the fight's going to go over one and a half. Is it minus three fifty? Yeah. over two and a half minus two ten. fight code, the decision at is a minus one eighty five. Marab uh, by, uh, I'm sorry, Marab by decision plus 175, Aldo by decision plus 200, uh, Aldo by KO, TKO plus 425, uh, Marab by decision, or I'm sorry, by submission is at a plus 1200. So I don't believe that Marab knocks out Jose Aldo. Um, Vegas would have you believe that Marab is not going to submit Jose Aldo. So if you're on Marab, you might want to go ahead and just take him by decision and get that plus 175 line as well. Aldo by decision, again, come back to the plus 125. Um, or I'm sorry, the Aldo by decision, rather. Uh, uh, where was I at here? I just had it and then I, I lost it. Aldo by decision plus 200. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, some some props to pay attention to. I like Aldo. Um, I'm I. I don't want to take him by decision because I, I would love it if Aldo came out there and cracked him right away and did did slept him. I mean that would be amazing, and I'd feel like shit for being on the wrong side of it. So I'll just take I'll just take Aldo and a little bit of plus money. Honestly, the 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 odds on this are sort of irrelevant in the sense that there's not a line on these two that would make me stay off of this fight. So even if Aldo was a heavy favorite, which I don't see why it would be, I would probably still be on the Aldo side. So that's why I'm going to go Aldo because the line becomes irrelevant to me. I feel I feel like he's the better fighter. I honestly like Aldo by knockout. I really do. Like you said, <laughs> I, I, I really do. I just foresee oh, it happening. No. Like I know it's a risky play. Oh, I understand, no, that. bro. But, like, but I, this might be a little bit of recency bias. But watching Rob get cracked by Marlon really bad mm-hmm. and getting wobbled like that, yeah, Jose can do that too. I know it's a bit MMA math. I know it's recency bias, but like. The Jose Aldo that showed up against Pedro. Come on, you're telling me that guy? You're telling me that guy can't find an opening on Marab? The way he was cutting angles and sprawling, and I mean, he looked like Vasily Lomachenko out there with the footwork. He looked good. Right. Looked good. That was one of his better fights in recent times, in my opinion. Yeah, he looked good. He looked good. All right. Uh, co-main event of the evening: Paulo Costa at 13 and two, taking on Luke Rockhold at 16 and five. Um, I, I went first here. I spelled Paulo's name wrong. I realized that Rockhold at a plus 260, Costa at a minus 315. 
The floor is yours, sir. All right. First of all, are you a Rockville fan? I'm not. You're not. I'm not. Okay. I'm not. Personally, like, I really would love to see Rockville to get a W here. I would. You know, he's been out three years. He's dealt with a lot of knockout losses, some brain damage. He's dealt with a lot of mental health stuff. I would love to see him get a win here. Hmm. Why he asked for Paul Acosta in his return fight is a bit baffling, uh, to say the least. I think this is kind of tailor-made for Paul Acosta to have another highlight reel. Mm. I know Luke Rockhold's been doing a great job. And, you know, he cut out alcohol. He's training better. He's looking better. He's absolutely shredded. There's a famous quote by Cody Garbrandt is, you can't condition that chin. Mm. I, I just cannot see Rockhold getting out of the way, especially in that early blitz from Paul Acosta. I really do see this kind of under two and a half, and I see it going Paul Acosta's way. I just I can't foresee a future where Rockhold, unless he scores an early takedown. But I also don't think Casa's super easy to take down. It, yeah, I mean, I, what are you thinking over there? I think the I think the key word here for both of these gentlemen is respect. And one of the interesting things about that is that, or why why I say respect is so important is that. Both of these guys fight worse when they respect their opponent. Luke Rockhold is at his best whenever he's like, I'm fucking Luke Rockhold. Like, I am Strike Force middleweight champ of the world. I am UFC middleweight champ of the world. I am, you know, Banana Republic, Polo Ralph Loren model, freaking Demi Lovato banging before she turned into a they them. Like that before she started, before she started having interstellar communicative sex with aliens and all this other stuff. Like when, when he was that Luke Rockhold, like when he's, when he's that Luke Rockhold, he is agreeably one of the best on the planet earth. Um, If you, people say, Oh, well the, the chin, right? Well, let's, let's keep this into consideration here. He got knocked out by Jan Blahovitz, who we know hits like a truck. He got knocked out by Yoel Romero. Is there anybody in heavyweight or middleweight right now that's like you confidently say is going to take Yoel Romero's best shot with the exception of Paulo Costa? Whitaker did, but barely. Right. Barely. He almost right. went out. Right. Uh, the, the, realistically, the only bad loss knockout-wise um, came from Pillow Fist Bisping. That's really it. I mean, he got beat by TRT Tour, Yoel Romero, and Jan Blahovitz. And people are like, Rockhold got no chin. Rockhold ain't got no chin. I, I, I'm i sorry. I, I'm just, what? If I hit you with a baseball bat, you know, you ain't got no chin. You ain't got no chin. What? It, it doesn't, you got hit by literal silverback gorillas, right? Like TRT Tour could have killed somebody. It's true. Like he took Bisping's eye out of his head. Yep. Like Vitor's got Bisping's eye on his mantle at, at, at his house. That's where Bisping's eye is at. He beat Rockhold the same way. So let me ask you this. Do you That's not insane. do you feel Paul Acosta is one of those heavy hitters at middleweight, or do you not feel he hits as hard as people feel he does? I think Costa is he's like he's like this weird, dangerous cocktail of kind of dumb, incredibly athletic and a little bit 
trying to think of what the word is like Costa needs to feel validated in his skills, right? Like when Vittori disrespected him the entire time, like he tried to talk all that shit about Vittori told him he was going to miss weight, deal with it. That's your problem. Like Vittori's like, you're not going to make weight. And he goes, no, and that's your problem. I'm just going to show up at this weight. Act like a complete asshole. And then Vittori just, just beat him up. Just beat him up real bad. Same thing with before, right? You've got uh, Costa going into the Israel Adesanya fight. And we're like, okay, you know, how, how's this going to play out? And Izzy's like, I just, you're, what do you call him? An inflated balloon animal. I don't care. Your skills suck. I'm not worried about you. You know, no big deal. What's he do? He says, I can't sleep at night. I, I, I can't. I can't sleep at night. I, I, I got to drink wine to go to sleep, right? Like I got to, I have to, I have to figure out a way to go to sleep. So dumb. Well, not only is it dumb, but it shows the lack of mental fortitude. So my question then becomes when these two are face to face with each other and Luke Rockhold, if he's, if he's big swing and Luke of old and you got Paulo Costa who needs to fe- feel feared and trembled and respected and Luke doesn't give him that. How is he going to respond? Is it going to be like Izzy where he's just scared? Like where he doesn't want to engage and he just stands back? Or is it like Vittori where he just has, I'm going to swing as hard as I can and hope for the best. And if this doesn't work, I don't know what I'm going to do next. Um, I had have to think three plus years away from the sport. Um, I got to think Luke Rockhold's going to come in with a little bit of, little bit of pizzazz on him, a little bit of stink on him. Um, and don't forget AKA and realistically the only thing that keeps me off of like Luke Rockhold with high confidence here is the Henry Hooft connection. I I know a lot of people love Henry Hooft and I'm sure he's a great person, great coach, but sometimes man Hooft guys are very hard to trust. They're just there it's it's like I feel about Henry Hooft almost how I feel about James Krause. It's like when they get it it's like they'll take a great great talent and make them good. Like they they take the great off of them. But then sometimes they'll take a person that's not good and missing something and they'll make them great. And it's like, I just, it's so tough. I think if you're an elite and you go to Hooft, you degrade. And if you are mediocre and you go to Hooft, you get better. Um, Luke Rockhold's been spending a lot of time with Hooft and he hasn't looked good since he started. So, Wait, he's been training with Hoof or Perillo? I, I, isn't he with Hoof still? No, it's Jason Perillo, I think. He's with Perillo yeah, now? Yeah, he's over with Cheeto. Because they're like boys. Okay, so he's at, he's at Ruka and everything now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's going back and forth between there and AKA. Okay, all right. Mm. Do you like Perillo? I do like Perillo. That was a good coach. I like Perillo. I'm, you know what, dude? I'm on Costa. I can't until until I see Luke until I see Luke win. I'm on Costa. I have to be. I got to see Luke win a fight, man. I got to see him win a fight. The skill set's his, but I got I got to go Costa. I think he's gonna if if I see Costa. At face-offs and he's confident, I'm on Costa. Costa looks in shape, too. Like, he oh, looks already they, in fight shape. Yeah, 100%. Which, lo- the last couple times, or the last time when he fought Marvin, like, he came in fat. Like, he was already yeah. fat coming yeah. in the fight week. Um. All right, let's look at props to pay attention to here because I think that's probably where you end up making a little bit of money here. Um, under 2.5, minus 225. Under 1.5, is it even money? Um. Fight doesn't start round three is interesting for me. Minus 180. I think that's a good spot. Uh, Rockhold by KO, TKO, plus 1,100. 
Rockle by submission plus 850. Costa by submission plus 2400. Um, let's see here. Where's Costa by KO? TKO minus 160. Rockhold inside the distance plus 500. Costa inside the distance minus 165. That's probably your value spot right there. Costa inside the distance minus 160. And fight no start round three minus 185. I'm big on that because honestly, like Rockhold, he could finish this fight as well. Like if he gets on top of Paula Costa, he's got some vicious ground and pound. He's got a good submission game. It could, you don't see that happening? You don't think so? No, I do. I I, I, I see it. I, I see it. I like this. Uh, Luke was the best middleweight on the planet when he bludgeoned <laughs> Weidman. That was before Pearl Harbor. The game's gone on. Yeah, maybe so. You might be right. You might be right. I'm on Costa here. Um, if something tells me different at weigh-ins or media day, I will, I will rotate off of it. But as it stands right now, if you're asking me who I think wins the fight, I think Costa wins the fight. But the two plays I'm looking at here – Fight does not start round three and cost it inside the distance. Minus 160 and minus 185, respectively. I'm on the same thing. I, I will be honest with you, though. I'm kind of rooting for Luke a little bit. I would I love know. to see Luke win. I, yeah. I would love to see Luke win. My heart says Luke. Yes. My head says Costa. Exactly. I'm in the same boat. 100%. Luke's, here's another one. Twitch says Luke's too chinny for Paula. We already went over the chin. We went really? over the chin. Also, fun fact for you, Paul Costa big time to me several times. He did not come on the podcast. Did he really? I swear to God. True story. So he was like, yeah, and then and then no no showed? His so I was I was actually talking to his pre well, now previous manager, um yep. Walid or how you pronounce yep. his yep. name. Walid, yep. So I have yep. I have his number. Okay. We're we were texting. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Oh, Costa, yeah, yeah, like he'll come on the show, blah, blah, blah. And then I would hit him up. I'm like, hey, I was like, you guys want to do this week? He's like, yeah, yeah, like I'll get back to you. Like we're going to do it. And he'd go talk to Costa and then he would ghost me. And then a month would go by, ask again, same thing. And I'm like, oh, so Costa's saying no. So he's big time with me. That's what he's doing. So Mm -hmm. fucking Luke Rockwell to the moon, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Dude, the people that have big timed me, oh my gosh, man. Um, So Vitor big timed us or me. Vitor Belford? Vitor, yeah, Vitor big timed us. Let's see. Tracy Cortez, big timed. What? Uh, oh, yeah. 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 No. yeah. Um, so, yeah. I. So here, here's the thing. And th- I mean, obviously, I miss doing the show with Trey. But one, one of the things that I one of the things I love about Trey is Trey's got a lot of knows a lot of people in the San Diego area. So um, he knows a lot of people at Fight Ready, which is how we got Cejudo on the show. And basically, like fight ready was kind of opened up to us for a brief moment in time where it was like, Hey, if you want somebody, let me know. I'll try to set it up for you. And so we were like, all right, cool. We just pulled up the fight ready roster and we were like, let's get everybody. And then Cejudo obviously said yes. And then everybody else was like, kind of yes. And then as we got to like the people that we got a little bit more picky and choosy, um, like Korean zombie had said, yes, the problem was, was a translator. Like yeah. we had no, like we had no way to line it up with four of us on a screen to do away with, with Korean zombie. But like that was in the works. Vitor was in the works. Um, Tracy was in the works. Uh, there was somebody else too. I forget, but yeah, there was like, there was a brief moment in time where it was like, Oh yeah. Like we did a show and we we're like, we got so many good guests coming up. You guys don't even know. You don't even know. And then every time we tried to line one up, it was like, yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> Dude, I've got Trey's been in San Diego like what his whole life. 
Yeah. 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 Um, all right. So here, here, somebody said, all right. So Chris says who wins best body though, Paulo or Luke? I think it's Rockhold. Rockhold has more of the, uh, I know this because I have a girlfriend and I hear what her friends say. This isn't from me, Uh but, uh, he has more of the desirable physique that okay. women would like, where Costa is kind of more like what Izzy said, where he's more of like a balloon and he's less attractive to majority of women. So if you're going from that perspective, I would believe it is the Ralph Lauren model himself. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, so, so I, I guess I would say, is the face part of the body? That's a good question. If the face is part of the body, then it's got to be Luke because, I mean, I'm, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm... T- I'm 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 straight hetero, but I I know when a dude's good looking, and right. Luke Rockhold is good looking, you know, physique aside, the dude's handsome in the face. Oh yeah. Um. So if the face is part of the body, the level of handsome his face is supersedes the level of physique of Paulo Costa alone. Now let me ask you this, um, because I I'm I'm just gonna say you you can't tell because you have a baggy shirt on. I appreciate the pump cover. Thank you. Um. <laughs> You're really in shape, dude, too. Thanks. So um, you're we'll, we'll use the girlfriend's friend reference here. What's the desirable, like the long, lean muscle or like the large, like what is the what's from, the what's the preferred from my experience and from right. what I've understood? Yeah. Girls do not. Most women are not big fans of the like bodybuilder esque kind of look like where you okay. have too much muscle. Right. They want you to be in shape. Right. But not dick skin shredded, if that mm. makes sense. I, I understand this. I understand yeah. this. If I can put it like that. Like, they don't want to see your veins popping through your core, but they also want you to look good with your shirt off, which is where I try to stay. Interesting. Right right in that realm. Hmm. Okay. You know, you, you get into weightlifting because you think girls love big muscles, but it's actually, I mean, Pete Davidson is one of the most attractive men in the world at the moment, according to a bunch of women. I, and that dude he, doesn't even work out. Yeah, I heard a I heard a good theory about Pete Davidson, and I'll tell you, I, I, it's not mine, so I won't claim this theory as my own. But the reason why Pete Davidson comes across as attractive to people is because he's a mess. I've heard this too. Because he's an absolute mess. There, yeah. he's he's something that they don't have to worry about <laughs> at all. He knows that he's there, and it's for he's fortunate to be there, and he's comfortable in being a mess. Yeah. So he's literally a non-factor. Like when you say how, like when he says how was your day, like it's actually you don't have to worry about it being other than how was your day? Because he's just a nightmare physically and mentally. Um, So yeah, I get that. I get that. I knew girls that purposely went for men that were like, were a mess. Like like Pete, that's what they want. I I get it. I guess. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, and I, I push back on your thing about lifting weights to get girls. If you're lifting and working out to get girls, um, you're in it for the wrong thing. You need to do it to better yourself and you need to do it to make your ancestors happy and you need to get ready because the fucking IRS is coming for you and you better be in shape because when they kick your door in a no knock raid in the middle of the night, you better be able to fight. I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out. You better be able to fight. So um, I got a conspiracy theory for you later. We'll move on to fights, but I go ahead, go ahead real quick. I'm scared to share it. It's like, so recent. let it out, let it out before we get to the main event, let it out. Did you hear about you hear about uh, Alan's wife that passed? Who? Al- Alan DeGeneres. Portia DeRosa. No, it was her first wife. Oh, Anne Hache. Yeah, yeah, allegedly dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, so you already know. 
I watched the video of her. Oh, you watched? Oh, you did watch? Okay. Yeah, she sat up in the stretcher. It it is weird. I don't. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. What's going on over there? Someone listening? I thought I had a kid crying. Go ahead. (laughs) No, I, 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 it's a touchy thing. I don't want to sound disrespectful. I'm just, I'm talking about what I've seen on the internet and what people Mm -hmm. are saying. Apparently, you have already seen it. I've seen the video. She sat up. They're trying to put her in the ambulance. She sat up like the Undertaker out of the body bag. Very strange. Because I missed the video. Everybody's been telling me about it. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, it's everywhere, bro. Really? Yeah, yeah. She sits. She sits right up. What is the explanation for that? I said she was pronounced. You know. No. So basically, what it was was like. um, Oh my gosh. Basically, what it was is she she sustained like catastrophic brain injuries that basically they were trying to make sure that her organs would still be viable. Now, that being said, that being said, I've seen people get hit in the head, get stabbed in the head, like brain leaking out the ear. The body still does weird stuff. So that's not a that's not a thing. So, um, yeah. So she sat up and they they pushed her back down. Is this what happened? It, it, it sort of goes into they like they were like as they were pushing I'm try, i feel like i liked a tweet with it in there somewhere give me 30 seconds of bad radio while i see if i can find this because i i like 88 of like the twitter and instagram accounts i follow posted this chick sitting up in the freaking um you know i don't know man yeah anybody <sighs> listening i'm just saying what i saw on the internet i'm not being disrespectful they're, nor they're, do i want to end up dead no they're pushing her they're pushing her into the I'll find it later and I'll send it to you. They're pushing her into the, the ambulance. And as they're doing it, she goes and like sits up out of the thing. And like, they just keep, you know how the gurneys have like the breakaway legs so they can just push it right into the thing. They just push her in and that's all you see. Oh, Um, okay. So it's not as crazy as it sounds. I don't think it's some big, deep conspiracy theory. There's a couple accounts I'll put you on um, that have like a whole thing with like the symbolism on the day and all this stuff. But I, I don't know. So anyway, um, Okay, so let's get into it. Uh, main event of the evening, Kamara Usman taking on Leon Rocky Edwards. Um, Usman obviously is going to be the, the the favorite here. Maybe prohibitive, maybe not. I don't know. Minus 380. Leon Edwards coming back at a plus 310. If you're in- interested in professional records of both of these gentlemen, uh, there's not really much to talk about because they are uh, amongst the most elite. This will be the first title fight if i'm not mistaken of people on 10 what is it two individuals with win streaks of 10 or more in the ufc this will be the first title fight between people of those records of that caliber kamar usman at 20 and 1 taking on leon edwards at 19 yep. and 3 um this is a big one and it's a rematch 5 years in the making 4 years in the making seven. 6 7, seven. about to be seven yeah my goodness all right man um i like real quick uh i like this uh chris i I can replace trey i went to 10th plant once you could yeah i mean that's a good thing and then james i see man i appreciate the i appreciate the love and then twitch obviously with the farty uh marty fake newsman i keep i always call him farty make newsman but anyway okay as as you were how do you see this fight shaking out I think Leon is great, mm. um, but I'm going to steal a quote from you that oh, I believe wow. you said when you're on Annex show. 
Oh boy. Uh, I believe it was something along the lines of until you give me a reason to bet against you, it's, yeah. it's really hard to do so. And I do feel that way with Kamara Usman. I'm not just following what people are saying online or because he's a minus 380 favorite. Kamara Usman is just, he is one of the elites. He's the champ for the reason. He's got great wrestling. His striking has come along tremendously, especially with working with Trevor Whitman. That being said, I do still believe Leon has the advantage in the striking. Right. But the problem with that is if he starts to carry away, can he stop the takedowns? Can he stop the wrestling, the pressure of Kamar Usman? He's got a lifetime of wrestling. Leon has worked on it for a while, but it's it's not incomparable to the level that Kamara was at, in my opinion. I see Kamara over three and a half here. Honestly, Kamara by decision, I feel is the safest play. I don't have the props in front of me, but I'm, I'm going with Kamara Usman here. It is really tough to bet against a champion. Dale Lippin, what do you got over there? All right, so I, again, I've got to, I've got to reach. On, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to rip everybody that's. Well, let's just put a blanket statement. Everybody I've talked to about this fight this week, I'm going to intermix all of our conversations here together. So if you hear something that I am about to say, that you were like, oh, that's something I said when I'm talking to you. Perfect. So just thank you for that. But here here's here's sort of where I've landed on this. Um, I I have a very hard time betting against Kamara Usman. Because I've seen no reason recently to not bet on him. Um, he is good wrestling, good cardio. The hands are getting better. Um, he, he continues to, you know, make great improvements. Every time we see him, he seems to be getting better. That being said, um, Leon Edwards is a is got the same thing going for him. I, I think so much is discounted from Leon for two things that really do not matter at all, right? The number one thing that people discount Leon Edwards for that does not matter at all is Jorge Masvidal sucker punching him. Literally doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all, but people act like it somehow negates his skills. And then two, him getting caught with 35 seconds left in the Nate Diaz fight. Yep, seen that too. Neither one of those things matter in the grand scheme of things. They they just truly, genuinely don't matter. They're not representative of anything. Um, so my concern then becomes, I, I have to think to myself, how can Leon win this fight, right? Like, what can he do that Camaro can't or that Camaro's not ready for? And I don't think he's going to do anything that Camaro's not ready for. But what I, I think... If Usman loses this fight on Saturday, he does so because he beats himself. And the way he beats himself is that nobody, and you, he tries to do the fake humble thing, nobody buys into the whole Kamara Usman might be the welterweight goat more than Kamara Usman. And that's probably what makes him a champion, right? I can't discount what makes you a champion in the sport. You have to have the mentality of I'm fucking better than everybody else and I'll prove it time and time again. But once you kind of start feeling it more than the need to prove it, um, things get dicey. And when I look at Kamara Usman, here's where I say something that most people aren't going to agree with. I think Kamara Usman has the most illegitimate claim to a GOAT status as anybody in the conversation. He beat a guy that used to fight at 155 that is definitely a 170 or now in Gilbert Burns. He beat what we now know is a completely washed-ass 
Tyron Woodley. He beat Colby Covington twice, which are two great wins. And then he beat a journeyman in Jorge Masvidal twice. That is not the resume of a goat. It's just not. It it just, it it just isn't. Um, Now, He's walking around. He's walking the walk. He's doing the whole shirtless thing with the buttons and the whole like the pastel colors and the whole, you know, I, I don't know, man, you're from Nebraska, but you're wearing like the Nigerian garb and the whole thing and your brother and contender series and all that shit. Right. You're doing all that stuff now. And then he got the, the movie part in Wakanda forever and all this stuff like Marvin Hagler said, are you doing road work when you're sleeping in silk sheets? Is Kamara Usman doing the road work when he's sleeping in silk sheets? Are him and freaking Francis and Ganu living it up in like the greater Vegas area, just having the time of their life, thinking they're going to be champs forever? Um, I think the story, um, there's there's a there's a Twitter account that believes that all UFC fights are fixed. Every single one. What? Yes. It's, it's just listen to this. It's ludicrous, but he believes that the whole thing is based on a story, right? He's a novelist and he claims that like the UFC writes the stories the way WWE does. Right. So one of the things that he does whenever he looks at bets, he goes, what's the story, right? Like what story sells more? And a kid growing up in the slums of Jamaica, emigrating to England, and then winning the belt when England is the new hot girl at prom for the UFC, nothing would be bigger right now than to send the welterweight champ back home to England um, with a belt over his shoulder and then rebook the fight right around, I don't know, man, fucking New Year's, the O2. I don't know. It sounds like a hell of a story to me. I mean, that sounds like a great storyline. Like, I, I get it. Like, I think that would be Dana White's kind of wet dream uh, if he with, were able to do something like Patty that. Patty the Batty. Right. Like, Dana's 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 got a wet dream without that. But it's, I was just in San Diego. Dominic Cruz fought in San Diego. It was the first time he's ever headlined an event there that wasn't WEC. Or I, I don't even know if he headlined the WEC event. I don't think he did. Um, it was a great storyline. It was supposed to be his road to the title. He got fucking flatlined in front of everybody. It was devastating. Like, I don't think these fights are fixed. I don't think these storylines always work out like a Cinderella story. And, and frankly, I don't think this one's going to work out for Leon, un- unfortunately. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Leon finds Kamaro's chin more than anybody ever has. It, it, it's possible. He's wearing four-ounce gloves. But yeah. I just I don't see I don't, it. But I'm glad you brought up the mindset yeah. of Kamaro. Because yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Because yeah. I did notice all the extra stuff he's doing. He's on private jets. He's got Versace clothes on. <laughs> Big ass house now. He's yeah. fucking living life. He's got a G wagon. Him and Francis both have G wagons. Right. They're yeah. in uh, Black Panther. These are legitimate questions. I, I wonder what the motivation is, right? Like if you believe. So, gosh, man, it's so tough because you can literally talk your way on both sides of the coin. Right. Um, I, I think you can be motivated to be one of the, you could be motivated to be a champ. Then you can be motivated to be one of the best ever. And then you can be motivated to be the best ever. I don't know how genuine 
Kamara Usman is, but he comes across. The lip service says that he believes he's one of the greats, but not the great. But I feel like he's saying it because he wants to essentially not jinx himself, right? right. Like I, I think he probably believes in his heart that he's the best fighter on the planet. I mean, Ali Abdelaziz obviously talks a lot of shit. Um, and he probably spouts off of the mouth without talking to his fighters a lot of the time. But I wonder a great deal if some of the things that he says about his fighters don't stem from private conversations. Yeah. And the fact that Kamara thinks he could go up to light heavyweight and win a title is just, yeah. come on, man. Like, it's just not a thing. Um, it's just not a thing. It's just Let me not ask a you thing. This. Don't do you feel like if you are a fighter, you have to have that mindset that you are? Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. But you also have to be realistic to an extent, right? Like, I mean, I to an extent, you have to be realistic. Like there, there's one thing. So what is it? Um you is it you you can't have you can't have courage without fear or you can't have bravery without fear. Like what makes courage and what makes bravery is the identification of fear and the progress through it anyway. That's what constitutes courage and bravery. Um, as a fighter, you have to realize I'm going out there in the, the like the worst can happen. Like the worst can happen, but I'm going to do it anyway. I, I'm going to go out. I believe I'm to be the best. I am the best in the world. I may lose, but I believe I am the best in the world. I'm not going to lose. I'm the best in the world. And then you go out there and you just figure out a way to make it work. Um, I I have no reason to bet against Kamara Usman. Anyway, uh, we'll end this segment with this. Um, if you're on Usman, I, I'm not mad at you for it, but I don't know if you should anchor parlays with it, man. Um, you know, <laughs> to be fair, Marty could go up and take that belt from Frada Sonia. Great name. Have not heard that before. If he wants to, Jizzy, which I do like, is just lucky they're buddies. It's quite possible. Is there a more suspect dude in the UFC than Izzy? Dude, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm a fan of Izzy, but I do understand what you're saying, bro. He's so suspect. What with just like the way he paints his nails and stuff. All like of it. it. All, all, every part of it feels like it would disappoint your grandfather. Like what he grabbed Vittori's ass and stuff like just that. Just all, all of it, all I everything think... about it, like wearing pearl necklaces. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna be real with you on your podcast. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good, man. Go ahead. I just get in on. Yeah, I didn't mean to good. I, I didn't mean to be rude there. No, you're not. Uh, I probably would rock a pearl necklace. Yeah, no, you would not, dude. I would. You I think would I would look not. Sick. I think I would look wicked good. No, you wouldn't, dude. There's no way that it, a how real are you, pearl necklace, bro. You don't think that's sick? No, I don't. Not on a I, dude. I don't pay my nails if that helps, dude. Come on, there's just no. This is this is this is oh man, feed me. No, because I mean, you're entitled to your opinion, uh, even if I disagree with it. I just. A pearl necklace has no place on a man. It just doesn't. It's not. It's there's you don't just like pearls. I have no problem with pearls. I have I have no I have no problem with pearls whatsoever. Um, it's just not a thing for dudes. It's just not. 
I'm gonna get one. And I'm a real out. pearl necklace? Uh, maybe not expensive. real. I'm not making that kind of money, but I'm gonna get a fake one. You were bring it on the show. So well, you're you're younger than I am, but do you remember the Puka shell necklace thing? Did you were you ever part of the Puka shell? The little white the little white shell necklaces. Do you remember the Puka shells? I do remember. I do know what you're talking about. I yeah. like I didn't wear it though. I yeah. never wore those. So I mean I, I guess that's the closest thing to a dude equivalent to a pearl necklace. I just a pearl necklace has no place on a dude, man. Um I, I yeah, look, look. I love those pearls, anime, supercars. You can't beat that personality. You can. You can. Who said that? Oh, I see it. Chris says it. Yeah. I, I just can't. I don't know, man. That was those are supercars. Okay. That makes more sense. <laughs> that makes more sense than anything else. But wearing per ne- pearl necklaces and getting your, your nails done and watching cartoons. I, I know I'm pissing off the anime people by saying that. The anime people are going to be so mad. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm, just go ahead and tell me what anime I should watch. That's the, the big thing. Everybody, anytime I ever talk shit on anime, I get a message like, bro, I get it. But also, until you've watched, I don't know, whatever, Thunder Zero, you, you like if you watch Thunder Zero, if, if you watch, if you watch, a, a, whatever Attilus one because they always have some stupid number and if you have if you watch Attilus one it'll change your mind it'll change your mind and I'm watch like, dragon ball z no hell no you didn't watch that when you were a kid dude no dragon ball no Yu-Gi-Oh. none what? of that none of it bro. even when you were younger none of it man see i did grow up on i, I don't watch like any of the newer stuff like demon yeah. slayer and, and whatever all the other shows are but i did demon watch slayer, dragon ball z that. Yeah, that's a big one. That's usually yeah. what people recommend. I did, I did watch Pokemon. Okay, I did watch Pokemon. So, which I, I Pokemon's on anime, Dale. I understand that, but it's just not. That was really kind of it, man. I did the Pokemon thing. That was a little bit of you know, I had my Charizard cards. I was slamming yeah. shit down. Um, let's talk about the fight for a second, split second. If Usman abandons the wrestling and decides to throw hands with Edwards, Edwards can seriously win this fight. Do yeah. not forget that Gilbert Burns rocked Usman when they fought. Yeah. Um, and I believe that Edwards is a better striker overall than Gilbert, even though Gilbert probably hits a little bit harder. Um, the fight that took place seven years ago, I don't necessarily know that you can put a lot of weight into that now. But judging by current performances, I would say that performatively speaking, Usman probably um, has a better chance of winning this fight stylistically. And I think that that minus 380 is indicative of that. And I agree with it. However, um, I don't like Usman at all enough to parlay anything with him or anchor anything here with him. Usman by decision and Leon by decision are two props that I'm most interested in here. Um, let's see here. So Usman uh, by, let me see here. Usman, where did I have this out? Edwards by decision, you can get it plus 1,000. And Usman by decision is at even money. Um, Edwards inside the distance is at plus 500. And then Usman inside the distance is at plus 290. So I, I somebody in there said Usman by KO. If you feel that way, you're getting great plus money on it. You're getting great plus money on it. So uh, I won't tell you not to do that. It's just not my speed. It's not my speed. So anyway, uh, let's see here. Anything else you want to add to this before we cycle off of it? 
No, I'm sticking with my original thought. Going to Usman by decision here. I feel that's the safest play. What you said, him. Okay. Oh. Oh. Uh-oh. Let's see what happened there. Let's get this. Let's rotate this back for the time being while we wait on that. See if we can't get him back in here. Looks like the internet dropped. Anyway, Victor Altamirano taking on Daniel Da Silva. Da Silva at 11 and 3. Altamirano at 10 and 2. All right, give me one second here. Let's get this back where we were. Boop. Boop. I don't know there what happened. I don't know. You went like kind of pixelated, like you had like the Snapchat filter on where you were like, your eyes were kind of getting all googly <laughs> and then you just disappeared. So. Very strange. We're back. Uh, we're back. We're back. We're back like we never left. Yep. Um, let's see here. What are we looking at? We are. I'm on the Altamirino fight, taking on De Silva. De Silva at the plus 160. Altamirino at a minus 190. I'm going to, for lack of a better way to put it, um, I, I'm a little. I don't want to say I'm out of my depth on this one um, because De Silva is not somebody that I particularly am high up on. Um, he lost to Jeff Molina, but that's when like Jeff Molina came in and like kind of took everybody by storm. Nobody really was anticipating that performance out of Jeff Molina, which we now know is the Jeff Molina to anticipate. And then he beat Little Fig, who we're going to talk about here later on. And Little Fig, or he lost Little Fig rather, um, and who we're going to talk about later on. And I think Little Fig is not good at all. Um, so he's taken on Victor Altamirino, which is that's all well and good, but win over win on contender series. And then obviously the prevailing wisdom is, is you fade contender series guys. And what's he do? He comes in, he fights Carlos Hernandez and loses via split decision. So De Silva, probably not a UFC caliber fighter taking on Altamirino, who is a contender series fade. And he's a pretty big favorite here at a minus 190. This is probably dog or pass. Full disclosure, you'll see nothing related to this fight on my slip come Saturday. Yeah, I'm not big on on either of these guys, to be honest with you. If I'm not mistaken, I think De Silva was also contender series, if I if I got that right. Um, was he? I, I believe so. Okay. But I'm with that. I fade contender series guys constantly. I'm not big on them. Most of them usually fall kind of short um both of them have kind of low they both of them ha uh, hang their hands very low they keep right. them real low Alden Morano's got really weird movement as well kind of Dominic Cruz-esque just not nearly as good uh De Silva I, I don't know I don't I don't like either of them to be honest with you Dale I'm not a big yeah, fan of either. Okay. it's okay to take fights off and this yeah. is one I will avoid I will take this fight off this very well could go either way yeah. I plus you run the risk first two fights of the night of fucking Chris Tyone being the referee. Yeah, Chris Tagnoni Chris Tagnoni is always the referee of one of the first two fights of the night. Um and he screws it up inevitably. The worst referee in the game. Um uh, <clears throat> worse than Yamasaki back in the day. I would take Yamasaki because at least Yamasaki let you fight. Right. Um Tyone's in the way constantly. He's constantly in the way. And then he, he has no rhyme, reason, or bearing as to when he steps in. Sometimes you get somebody, you're like immediately in half guard and you're working and he stands you up. Other times you get tapped, you get rocked a little bit, he immediately waves the fight off in the person. So he's literally him and the dude 
that stomped the Iwan Kutalaba Magomed Ankalaya fight the first time. I cannot remember his name for the life of me. I want, it's not Keith, but it's something else. Get him out. Get him out of here. Get him out. So I will leave you with this. The notes I had on the I, – I picked um, Alta Moreno by decision. But, again, I don't trust that too heavily. I also sure. don't trust De Silva a lot either because he makes a lot of dumb mistakes. Right. Um, so, Altaminio, let's see here. Fight goes the decision. Um, is it plus 140? So. I could very well see this going to the decision. Altamirio by decision is at plus 240. I don't hate that. I mean, sure. Sure, go for it. Mark Smith is okay, Twitches. I, I don't mind Mark Smith. He's not great, but I don't I like him more than others. Um so yeah, I don't I have no idea. I this is dogger pass for me. I and even then I'm staying away. I just have no desire to bet this fight. Uh, I'm not trusting two low ceiling flyweights. I just <laughs> fucking yeah. You might as well just go bet on a random fight at a high school. I mean, just I mean, next time you drive by high school, just wait till you see a fight and just bet on that. It's going to be the same <laughs> thing. A bunch of 125 pounders get out there just swinging. So just good luck to you. All right, man. Oh. Let's see here. We got a couple more fights to go. We'll move through these next ones relatively quickly. Um, next fight on the card. Get my bout order. Arichi Lang taking on Jay Perrin. Jay Perrin at 10 and 5. Arichi Lang at 23 and 9. Um, let's see here. Let me get my banner going. This is a good fight. Yeah, this is a great fight, man. Arichi Lang at a minus 165. Jay, Jay Perrin at a plus 140. I'm on Arichi Lang here. Um, I'm, I'm a big Mongolian murderer guy. Um, Sue Madarji let me down last time. Arichi Lang will not do it this time. Jay Perrin, suspect cardio. Um, but he is a dog. He will fight. He's going to go out on a shield. There's no doubt about that. But I think Arichi Lang is more than willing to put him up on that shield and get him out of there on Saturday. I'm on Arichi Lang here. Yeah, Jay Perrin, if he had better cardio and he could keep up the wrestling for all three rounds, I might favor him a little bit. But on the feet, I'm going with Arichi Lang. I think his pressure and volume would be too much. But I expect a dog fight here. I expect yeah. a dog fight. They're going to meet in the middle. They're going to swing. I think it's going to be sick. Um, but I would say Richie Lang is a bit cleaner, more technical striker, in my opinion. Yeah. Makes me lean towards him rather than Jay Perrin here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he's also has a wealth of experience, right? So you're talking about over 30 professional fights, you know, almost double the experience of Jay Perrin. Right. All right. Uh, Amir Albazi at 14 and one, taking on Little Fig, Francisco Figueredo. Um, and you're getting Albazi at a minus 410, Little Fig at a plus 330. This is a Bit of a steamed up spot here. I don't necessarily know that I love Albazi money line here, but I do like him as a parlay anchor or a parlay leg, if you will, if you can stomach it. Um, looking at like two leggers with like him and say, I don't know, Romanov, get yourself a, a minus 185, minus 220 range parlay on two guys with high probability wins. Um, you know, I mean, you're looking at 50, 50% return on investment there. It's not the worst 40% return on investment. It's not the worst. If you're playing the stock market, you're doing okay there. Um, I'm on Albazi. I think he's, I think he's the most well-rounded fighter, uh, amongst the two here and wins, uh, over here. I'm going to, I'm really going to stretch your knowledge here. Um, 
Why is Reese win over Zagalos? Well, he's got the win over Zagazumagulov, and he's got the win over Mike, Malcolm Gordon, and then he's got the win over Ryan Curtis. But he also has a win over – or I'm sorry. He has a loss, rather, um, to the very first – very first MMA fighter that I ever interviewed on any show ever. Was it on Punchless? It was on Fistful of Cash. Oh, like I wouldn't have seen years that. Ago. Yeah. Who was it? Jose Shorty Torres. Oh, I did see that in Sure Dog, actually. Yeah. That was your first fight you ever interviewed? Very first fighter I ever interviewed. How'd it go? I was pretty good, man. It was pretty good. Um, uh, Shorty Torres loves to talk about himself. So it was a good one because he just went. Like, all you got to do is just kind of cue him up and he just goes. So uh, the complete opposite of Eric Anders, um, who Eric Anders was either asleep or high or both. Whenever I talked to him, it was so bad. I didn't even use it. Yeah. Yep. I haven't yeah. saved, have saved to my computer. It is amongst the most painful things that, that ever exist in recorded media history is me trying to interview Eric Anders. <clears throat> we had a situation like that with, uh, Jason Jackson, if he ever sees this, Jason, yeah. I, I love you. Met you at Bellator, man. You're the man. Yeah. Um, I think he got too high before yeah. the interview and like he answers it and like clears day, just high as shit, which is yeah. cool. Right. But then we started talking to him and he's like forgetting questions we already asked him. And I'm like, holy shit, he's like ripped. I'm like, I can't even use anything. Yeah, yeah I can't <laughs> use any of this. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't use any, I couldn't use any of it. There was no part of that interview that was salvageable with Eric Anders. It was a mess, an absolute mess. Now, Jose Tor or uh, Jose Torres, on the other hand, uh, was the complete opposite. I mean, it was an hour and a half because once you ask him a question, he just ran. He just ran, just ran. Um, but it was cool, and he introduced me to a couple of people. So, um, big fan, of, big fan of his. Um, and then the other one that I that I had that was really great was Linton Vassal. I don't know if you ever talked to Linton, Linton the Swarm Vassal and fights in Bellator. He's a he he challenged for the belt in Bellator a couple times. Um big strong dude. Big big strong guy. How do you spell his first name? Linton L-I-N-T-O-N. Oh, here he is. Linton Vassal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this guy. Yeah. So fun, fun thing is like, I knew who he was, right. And yep. invite him on the show. And he's like, yeah, for sure. I'll come on. Didn't realize. So I was talking to him that he's British. I just saw that. And here's the thing about me with people from other countries is I don't know how to not talk like them. Once I'm around them, I do the stupid thing where like the more, if I'm around a British person, I start talking like I'm British. Yep. If I, if I'm around an Irish person, person, I start talking like I'm Irish Australian, Scottish, you know, I mean, working summers with the boys, you know, I start talking a little bit of Spanglish, the whole nine, man, yep. you know, I, I just can't do it. So I was not prepared for him to be British. So then halfway through my interview with him, I'm British now too. And it was just, they went off the rails too, but I used that one. So that, that one's out there in the ether somewhere. So. Dude, I've done it. I went to Spain, did the same thing. I started yeah. talking in broken English for yeah. no reason. Yeah. Um, been there. But That's, people give Mackenzie Dern a bunch of shit about it, but I'm like, I agree. I, I would do the same thing. 
it's like it's just like i don't it's like a natural thing people do i don't know why you just do it like a lot of people do it constantly yeah i don't know what there is that to this but oh what's that do no i said there's a there's a i can't remember the i can't remember the philosopher's name but there is a name for it it's the same guy that coined what they call the scapegoat theory um but he talks about it it's basically like humans are acquire or have this pre predilection um, to assimilate to safety. And then the part of your brain that wants to breed and reproduce and remain safe takes social cues as to what's working effectively and starts to do the same thing, which is like, if you hang out with somebody that's funny, you'll start talking like they do in the same cadence they do and telling the kind of jokes that they tell is if they're successful in doing so. And then the moment you're not around them anymore, you don't do it. But yeah. whenever you are around them and you see them doing it being successful, you you like subconsciously do it because your body says subliminally, this is working well socially. You should do this. So same, same guy thing. that same guy that coined the scapegoat theory, which is a completely different thing, coined this thing that I cannot remember off the top of my head. But anyway, so Amir Albazi, he's gonna win. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's okay. I go off on tangents too. So if I get off topic, I apologize. But yeah, I got Amir Abaza here. I'm just not. I'm not big on Little Fig. Yeah. I'm not. I'm just not. He. I don't. I don't think he lives up to Davidson. Um, right. I think Davidson is much more skilled, much more well-rounded. Little Fig also doesn't have the best cardio uh, that he's displayed in the past. He's gotten really, really fucking tired. Yes. Um, Amir does have great cardio. He's pretty well-rounded. I think Amir gets this done quite soundly, unless he gets caught, which yeah. I don't foresee. Okay. Uh, my next underdog play of the night, AJ Fletcher is at nine and one, taking on Ong Lusa. Lusa is at eight and three. Uh, from an odds perspective, you're getting Lusa at plus money here. He's coming in at a plus 130, plus 145, depending on where you look. AJ Fletcher coming back at a minus 150. Lusa is deceptively good. Um, professional record of eight and three, but. Uh, he is worth your consideration here and not because he's got a bunch of dog in him, but because he's very technically sound. I don't see AJ Fletcher finishing him. So as such, you're talking about a guy that's going to be there for the full 15 minutes with good technicals and AJ Fletcher, very muscle bound, very heavy, big body, big energy movements. As time goes on, if Lusa can thwart the takedown have some success with the hands. I think he puts himself in a position to win this fight. I like him at plus 130. So I'm going to go the opposite of you. Mm, here, Dale. Thank, I'm you. Gonna, thank you. I'm, I'm going to go AJ Fletcher. I didn't mean to agree with you so much tonight. We're just on the same page. But I'm going to go AJ Fletcher here. I think okay. he learned from his mistakes. His first, uh, you know, he came off the contender series. I know I'm going back on my word with fading guys off the contender series. Um, maybe a little bit bias involved because he's boys with Cody Barrett, who I've also interviewed. Mm-hmm. He trains over Dustin Poirier. But I think AJ, I'm going to listen to him. He's learned from his mistake. He's not going to blow his low in the first round. And it's, it, it, if if he can keep up what he was doing in the first round, Bro. his last fight, translated over to this fight for the full 15 minutes, I think AJ Fletcher can get this done. I'm not saying he'll get the finish, but I think he can get it done. Big, powerful, aggressive, great wrestling. Good wrestling. Good wrestling. Great. That was a stretch. I think Fletcher going to get this done. This would be a great segue if we were sponsored by like an ED company or like a male enhancement company like Roman or Blue Chew, um, where I would say, you know, how often have you told yourself, I'm not going to blow my load in the first round again? 
every day. And then, and then, if, and then you get right back in there and you're like, you know what? I can't do it, bro. I'm having way too much fun. Uh, story of my life. Story of my life. I mean, every time you're just like, you know what? Next time I'm putting on the performance of a lifetime. I've learned my lessons. I'm coming in. I'm going to think about baseball, whatever, chew the inside of my lip, right? Run the alphabet, count backwards from a hundred, whatever it is that you're going to do. And then you get in there and you're like, you know, that cage door closes and you're like, I'm just whatever, man. I just want to have as much fun as I can, as fast as I can. Um, I just, I don't buy into it. I don't buy into it until I see it happen. Until I see it happen. You will Um, Saturday night. Okay. Well, agree to disagree. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. See if he gets a premature uh, evacuation out of the cage from an on loose right hand. All right. Oh, Dale's on fire. There we go. Miranda Maverick at 10 and 4, taking on Shannon Young at 8 yes. and 4. Punchless alum, Miranda Maverick. Those of you um, that were in the Dana White Contender Series, Haley Cowan watch party on Instagram Live before it got pulled down, not once, not twice, but thrice uh miranda hopped in there and somebody posed the question to her miranda how are you going to win because if you remember last time she was on the show she told us how she was going to win and she did it um she said she's going for a round one knockout i can see it now women's science would say we cannot play miranda maverick at minus 520 this the the show dictates that we cannot do that. Um, so we have got to find plus money in order to employ women's science with Miranda. Um, so whether that's placing her in a parlay that's so large that you can get at the plus money, or I would say Miranda Maverick inside the distance is at plus 140. Very reasonable, very reasonable. Uh, but if you're listening to the woman and what she said, Maverick in round one is at plus 300. Maverick by KO in round one is at plus 1800. Give it to me. Plus 1800, Miranda Maverick, round one, KO. Miranda Maverick is an absolute workhorse. Whatever yeah. she says she's going to do, she's going to do. If she's saying she's coming out guns blazing, round one KO, I fucking love it. I'm going yeah. Miranda Maverick first round KO. Renee Girard is the philosopher I'm looking for. Thank you, James. Look at that. Thank you. Thank you. Man, this is where I would normally say, hey, Jake, you know, look that up for me. But thank you, Renee Girard. Um, I, I agree. Absolute workhorse. I think she's superior everywhere. She has a win over Shannon already. Yeah. Um, Last time she gave it to us by submission, that was a plus 550 hitter. She's going three times that now. Let's go plus 1800. Miranda Maverick, round one, KO. I'm so glad you told me that because if you didn't tell me that, I would have made, I'm making that play. Yeah. We're, that's going down. That's a plus 1800. Plus 1800. Smacker. Let's fucking go. That's getting launched. Now, the only thing that concerns me about this is where it's at on the card. It might be Chris Tonyoni's second fight of the night. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. How if, pissed would you be if he fucked you? If, if fucking Chris Tonyoni. All right, so let's talk about this for a second. Last week, I said that if uh, Gerard Mearshart 
knocked out Bruno Silva, I would pay anybody that commented on the YouTube video $50. Almost happened. When he hit him and Bruno Silva fell, I was like, well, I'm going to have fun explaining this one. My Venmo is just about to get destroyed. (laughs) Chris Tognoni would have stepped in and waved that off. He would not have let Gerard take the back. Yep. Like, yeah. Like, like when 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 people say, "Well, why do you like why why do you hate Chris Tognoni?" Because even though Mearshart went in there, put the rear naked choke on him, and choked him out, if if Mearshart hits Bruno Silva and Bruno Silva falls down like that, Tognoni can't help himself. He's got to get in the way, and he does exactly that. He gets in the way. He's trying to save the fighters, Dale. Save the fighters. Fuck out of here. And I hate that guy. So based on where this is at, you're talking about the fifth fight of the night. Yep. If if Chris Tognoni is either the first or the second referee of the night, it's quite possible this will be his second assignment. Let's see. I hate it. I hate Who it. You do know, you for? Who do you want? Who do I want? I want I want that I want the bald like pale dude that let Benoit Saint-Denis almost get killed by Aleski Dos Santos. Bald, pale dude. Yeah. He, he's he's never refer, refereed since. He's like some British dude. Or not British. He was Polish. I remember what he looked like. I'll he look looked, it up after this. He looked like a skinwalker. He looked like a zombie brought to life. He, like, he looked like the, the dude from Men in Black that's like sugar water. Like he looked like that. He looked he looked like he looked like he looked like sugar water. Um, yeah, I, I, I did. I, that's what that guy looked like, and um, that's who I want. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Okay. I was ben Wall, Miranda, obviously. Ben Wall won the first round, by the way. <laughs> oh man! All right, so Miranda round one. Um, is anybody in the chat? watch finished contender series and tell me who got contracts. Let me know whether or not Haley got a contract. I'm not anticipating it with a split decision win, but based on how good both of them looked, despite one of them having to lose, I feel like that both of them could probably get signed. So if anybody saw that, please update the chat. Okay. Sean Woodson taking on Luis Saldana. Saldana at 16 and seven. Sean Woodson at nine and one. Um, So here's, here's my thing here is, Sean Woodson minus 320, Saldana at a plus 265. I like Woodson in the spot. I think he's got the better boxing. I think Saldana will engage him in that. I think the cast tank for Saldana is a little suspect. Here's where I differ with a couple people, and, and, and one guy in particular that I believe to be very sharp. Um, I think Sean Woodson might knock out Luis Saldana. I haven't seen that anywhere. I think he might get. I think he might get the knockout. I think he. I think he's crispy enough. I think he's got. I think he's got enough power and pop. And over the course of a fight that plays out like a Muay Thai or boxing match with four ounce gloves, I think he can knock out Saldana. Sean Woodson's got sneaky confidence, and he's so long and so rangy. If he can like weather the first round against Saldana. I think he can get him out of there. I really think he can. What do you think? Has Saldana ever been knocked out? Mm, Not in the UFC. 
let me look let me look it up real quick sorry go ahead if you got so, another point to make while you're doing good work so the thing i don't like to say this actually it's kind of this is an mma science but julian arosa had pretty good success with woodson putting a lot of pressure on him and putting mm. his back up against the cage which i yeah. do think saldana could do but to echo you again real quick the gas tank of saldana does worry me can he do it for 15 yeah. minutes and can he do it without getting caught woodson also does a great job mixing it up he doesn't just head hunt either he goes to the body a lot he goes upstairs yeah. downstairs he knows how to use his reach and he does have five inches of reach on saldana if i'm not mistaken that being said i was watching a lot of film today yeah i think i'm gonna go saldana here okay i really do i like him on plus money i'm gonna take his chance of hopefully his chin holding up putting a lot of pressure on Woodson, keeping him on his back foot, dictating the pace, taking the center of the octagon. I'm going to go Saldana here. Saldana has not been knocked out since 2016 when he lost to Mike Santiago in RFA. Perfect. Excellent. So uh, let me see here. She did. Haley got a contract. All five. Let's go. One. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Awesome. Hold on a second. Let me shoot her a text real quick. Oh, it's right here. Yeah, perfect. Big money. The props on this, I would imagine a lot of people have this going to the decision due to the fact I don't think either of them have been knocked out in the UFC. Woodson, Woodson got submitted by Arosa, correct? Yes, but here's the thing. Juicy J, Bill Algio, and Billy Quarantillo are all the same person. So they I all... So it's anyway. Go ahead as you were. No, no, no. You're good. I, I'm. I don't know what the props are off the top of my head. Um, I will tell you. Hold on. Saldana throwing him into a parlay here as the underdog. I don't hate it. I don't hate well, it. Well, you trying to use him to? You trying to spice up some plus money on an under on a parlay? I need to do something. The odds on this fight card are insane, in my opinion. In some All of right. these fights. So, how do you think Saldana wins this fight? Decision. Okay, so Saldana by decision plus 500. Money. Wow. All right, Woodson, Woodson by KO, TKO is plus 250. That's probably where you'll see me. I got to write all these down. That's probably where you'll see me at. Well, you can always go back and listen. You can always go back and listen. That's right, baby. What else I got to do at work? That's Not right. work. Listen That's to right. punch list. Dude, I don't ever freaking work at work. Oh, gosh. I literally just hang out. Um. All right. Let's see. What do we got here? We got one more fight left. That's it. it or yeah. two. Or no, two more. Two more. We have the uh, women fight, and then we have uh, Leonardo Santos. Ah, uh, yeah. The chick who you think you can you can fight for five rounds? Or no, for, no, no, or, five no. One, one five minute round. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Lucy Pudilova, uh at thirteen and seven, taking on Yanan Wu at thirteen and five. Now set it up. That being said, it set it up. I'll do it, bro. <laughs> Fight you with no pants on. All right, Pudilova to minus one thirty. You know, at a plus one hundred. Women's science would dictate a play on Wu here. Although, if I'm going to be completely honest, I don't love her in this spot. She is not good. And if you look at um, her record, any person that she has fought that has a winning record, she has not beaten. She's never beaten an opponent with a winning record. So. I don't love her in the spot against Pudilova, but I have made a solemn vow 
to either bet or stay away. So I will probably just stay away. I as well am going to stay away. But if I were not staying away, I would go Pudalova. I know she was previously in the UFC. I think she was like two and five, and then she yeah. got cut. And then she went five and one since then. Now she's coming back into the UFC. Big moment for her. Wu, on the other hand, is 0-3 in her last three fights. I don't I don't really like that at all. Um, yeah. I don't think she's gonna have enough volume or pressure or really land too much on Pudalova. I think Pudalova will stay behind her jab, stay on the outside decision. Who did, did Pudalova have a banger of a fight with? Was it Irene Aldana? Pudelova, I think you're correct. I saw Pudelova that. Pudalova had like a potential like sleeper fight of the year against somebody like two years right back. Now. Was it Aldana? I think you're right. I think she also fought Liz Carmouche at one point in another organization. I could be wrong. No, uh, she fought Carmouche in the UFC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was in the UFC. Right. So yeah, she, she fought them back to back. Yeah. So she, yeah, it was the Aldana fight on the Woodley versus Till card. They, they yep. were banging in that fight. And that was yep. a split decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she lost four in a row to Aldana, Carmouche, uh, Little Shevchenko, and Justine shit herself quiche. And then I will always say that because people need to know that Justine quiche shit herself. <laughs> it happens to everybody. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It does not happen to everybody. It does not happen to everybody. Um, fun fact, Sugarwater Man is Vincent D'Onofrio, a.k.a. Private Pile. You're absolutely right. He is that. Um, but um felt like sugar water man was a better reference instead of just going directly with the same you have to remember um i i'm used to podcasting with trey who's never watched a movie in his life so if i say vincent d'onofrio he has no idea who i'm talking about Wait, trey doesn't watch movies bro you never you never listen to our show he he doesn't listen he i can't make any movie reference because he doesn't watch them Oh, I think I vaguely remember you going off on one yeah. of these times on one of the shows, actually. Yeah, I can't make any media reference. He doesn't watch anything. What does he, he do? Watch, he watch. I don't know. He doesn't read. I know that. Um, and he doesn't watch movies. I don't. I don't know. Wait, he watches The Bachelor. That's a real thing. What? Oh, dude, bro. Come on. I love that guy, but he watches The Bachelor. It's been a point of contention in our friendship for years. I don't know why he does it, but he loves the show. So. I think he likes the cheap melodrama of it. Something he doesn't have to think about, which I can get on board with. All right. Feature prelim, Leonardo Santos at 18, five and one taking on Jared Gordon. Also 18 and five, but no one there. Um, and we're getting Jared Gordon at probably a bigger favorite than Jared Gordon ever deserves to be in a fight. Yep. Minus 275, Santos at a plus 230. Now, the two concerns. If you're on the Gordon side, you have to be concerned that he gets rocked every fight, but you know that he comes on late and finds ways to win fights. If you're on the Leonardo Santos side, you have to be worried about the fact that he's completely inactive and um, he fades as the fight goes on. So as Jared Gordon gets stronger, Leonardo Santos tends to wilt. But if you look at the Jits game and you look at the kickboxing uh, acumen of Santos, he can present problems for Gordon early, but outside of a round and a half, it's all Jared Gordon all the time here. Yeah, you're taking a – again, I don't know if you were listening to me before I came on this show, Dale, when I was talking to myself in the mirror, but uh -huh. taking taking a lot of words that I was going to say as well. Big, big thing that worries me about – yeah, I saw that. 
<laughs> I love it. For those of you that just listen and don't watch the show, Jared Gordon and not Jared Gooden. Yes, you got to be. You got to be. You have to make the differentiation here that, that it's not the night train. Go ahead. No, uh, Jared Gordon. Um, I think he's been knocked out four or five times. Those are yeah. majority of his losses. Big Santos ass, does come in hot, hits decently hard. However, he is forty-two. He's not super active, and he definitely cuts a decent amount of weight mm. to make lightweight. Yeah. Um, I, I want to go Jordan. I almost said it. I almost said good. Yeah, Jared Gordon. I want to go Jared Gordon. Yeah, here. Uh, in just hopes that he does not fall in the trap of getting clipped 60 seconds of this fight, which I feel is a safer bet. I feel that's a safer play. I think he has more ways to win than Santos does. How do you feel about an inside the distance play here? From Jared? No, just fight in general. Fight does not go to decisions at plus 120. I don't really see this going to decision, to be honest with you. Okay. I really don't. Like, I, I think one of them is going to finish the other. I think if it's past one and a half, it's Jared. I think if it's inside one and a half, it's Santos. Yeah. Okay. That's a play I would go. I might just skip this one. Um, let's see. We got to make money back this week. Time to bounce back, Dale. Yeah, a fucking course it is because I'm, I've am i had three awful weeks in a row. I'm very aware. It's just I don't understand. And I feel great about this week, which is either a gift or a curse. Um, and then – need two Jareds on the same card so we can do a Gordon and Gooden parlay. I think there was one. Didn't we have a Gooden Gordon parlay at one point on this in time? Card? Oh, Not on time. this card, but I, I feel like at one point in time I've, I don't, dude, there was a card one time where Trey went so hard in the paint on Malcolm X on Malcolm Gordon and Jared Gooden and I think feel like Jared Gordon was on that fight or on that card too. The whole show took like three hours because he couldn't remember who anybody was. So Anyway, okay, as customary, we're going to run through initial liens. This does not have to be set in stone, but your opinion on money line winners from top to bottom. Rapid fire, just what do you think, okay? Yeah, so you're going to read it off and I just hit it? And you just tell me what's what just initial lien money line, not indicative of what, what's going to show up on Saturday night, but just how you're feeling right now, money line lien. Ready? Okay. Altamirano de Silva. Altamirano decision. Yes, just money line. Don't oh, give me sorry. Time. That's okay. Arichi Lang, Jay Perrin. Um, decision. No, just wait. What the fuck am I doing? I need you to just tell me who you think is going to win the fight. Oh, that's what I did. And you said Miss Moneyline. Well, you said you said Altamirano. Oh, I, I said, said the decision. decision. Okay. Yeah, so, I just want you to tell me who's going to win the fight. I got it fucked up. I'm sorry, Dale. <laughs> All right. So uh, you're on Altamirano and you're on Arichi Lang. Arichi Lang, correct. Okay. Cool. I am on both those as well. Yeah. Albazi and Little Fig. Albazi. I'm on Albazi as well. AJ Fletcher, Lusa. Fletcher, baby. And I'm on Lusa. Miranda Maverick, Shannon Young. Maverick, come on. I'm on Maverick as well. Sean Woodson, Luis Saldana. Luis Saldana. I'm on Woodson, Pudalova, and Yanan Wu. Pudalova. I'm on Pudalova as well. Uh, Jared Gordon, Leonardo Santos. Jared Gordon. I'll be on Gordon as well. Tyson Pedro, Harry Hunsucker. <laughs> Tyson Pedro. <laughs> I'm on Tyson Pedro. Alexander <laughs> Romanov, Marcin Tybura. Alexander Romanov. 
I'm on Romanov, but I'm not mad at people that want to play Tybora. Jose Aldo, Marab, Davishvili. Give me that Jose Aldo, baby. I'm on Aldo as well. Paulo Costa, Luke Rockhold. Paulo Costa. I'm on Paulo Costa as well. And then Kamar Usman, Leon Edwards. Got to go with the champ. Got to go with Kamar Usman. As of right now, just give me fucking Leon Edwards for right now. What? <laughs> I don't know, man. Now, Kamar Usman. Give me Kamar Usman. So, all right, let's see here. All right, let's, let's see what the chat says before we wrap things up. He said, Doc said, wait, what are we doing here? <laughs> Point of contention. I rewatched Flavor of Love for that. Um, I missed the Harry Huntsucker breakdown. It's the very first fight that we did, Twitches, so you can go back and check it out. Pedro's going to shit on him, but if you want a little sprinkle, any of you D-Gens want, I think Huntsucker has deceptively fast hands. I, Austin, I will... All right, man. That's your opinion, bro. <laughs> They're at 205, so maybe he will be crispy. I don't know, man. Maybe he will. You never know. Um, all right. As always... Um, this show is brought to you by our show sponsors, Stay Classy Meats and Allegiance Clothing. Shout out to them. Thanks to everybody that tunes in. I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the who listened and from where, James, and I'll let you plug all your stuff. So give me one second. Let me take this banner off of there. All right. So let's go to let me pull up my analytics here and we will shout out everybody that listened last week. Um, let's see here. Pull this back up real quick. Another good radio, man. I thought I had this thing down and I did not. Uh, all good, baby. That's all good. All right. So let's go with. All right, man. Let's get some geolocation performance for the last episode. Awesome. All right. Uh, let's see here. A little behind the scenes action for you guys. Um, average listen time for the last episode the hell i don't know what the hell you guys were doing um hopefully you didn't lose too much money because nobody really listened for the whole thing uh, average listen time last time was 45 minutes so i appreciate you giving me that much time apple and spotify were the two biggest ones that people listen to me on and then last but not least we'll run down top countries we got the u.s australia the uk canada new zealand india germany italy spain kenya making an appearance there. The Netherlands, South Africa, France, Hong Kong, Greece, Belgium, Chile, Sweden, Nicaragua, Argentina, Indonesia, Czech Republic, Singapore, Norway, the Virgin Islands, Switzerland, Malaysia, Thailand making an appearance. What up, Thailand? Kuwait, Iran, Morocco, and then Japan leading up the rear. So if any of those were you last week and it's you this week, thank you for coming back. I appreciate that tenfold. Um, please like subscribe and share wherever you possibly can. I want to thank you, James, for coming on the show as always, man. Anytime we get to spend time with each other and hang out outside of our normal text messages and banter and bullshit, uh, is a good time. So that being said, please tell people where they can find you and all the work that you and your, uh, your partner in crime, Nate, where you guys get down at, how they can follow you. Yeah, man. It's always a good time. Appreciate being here. Um, excited for the fights. It's always an honor chatting up with Dale Lippin, baby. Um, <laughs> You can find us at at Strictly MMA on Instagram. It's underscore Strictly underscore MMA underscore Strictly MMA was taken. You can also find me at James Matthews. You can find Nate at NGAS34. That is N-G-A-S-S-34. And uh, same thing on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Strictly MMA. Dale, 
It was an honor, baby. It was an honor chatting up with the Punchless fans. And uh, appreciate being here, my man. Yeah, appreciate it. All right, guys, like I said, um, feel free to like, subscribe, share, do all that kind of good stuff. It pays the bills. I appreciate each and every one of you. I will talk to you on Saturday. Plays will come out then. Um, if you tune into the live stream, thank you so much. Live stream from here on out will be guests and pay-per-views. Guests and pay-per-views. Video format is still going to exist. It just won't be live. So it'll be ready Tuesday night. As always, you can watch it. It just I'm not going to be here live. I'm just not going to. I just it's just the thing I'm not doing anymore, um, unless there's a pay per view or a guest. In which case, you'll know plenty of time because you're going to follow me on Instagram at PunchlessMMA or Twitter at PunchlessMMA, or you're going to shoot me an email chat at PunchlessMMA, and we'll talk there. I talk to each and every one of you as much as I possibly can. I love you. I adore you. Be good to each other, and we will see everybody on Saturday. Peace.